going on guys welcome back to the Connor mark show first time in a long time review on the youtube page uh due to the storm that's coming through this saturday morning our show at wche got canceled but today we're taking it to youtube to talk about the upcoming uh championship round in the nfl uh two big games on sunday we'll be talking about as well as the sixers uh, who have been on a hot streak lately and are in the thick of it in the, uh, in the East with trade rumors as well, swirling uh, the past couple of days. We'll be breaking down everything. Uh, Mark, what's going on, man? How you doing? Yeah, not too much, man. Like you said, uh, unfortunately, the show canceled tomorrow, but it's not stopping us. We'll definitely you know, be back on the YouTube page as well. Um, and, and yeah, just uh, happy we could get this in and definitely talk about this championship round because you know these games, um, and I know we're going to touch on it a little, but you know, last week was, was insane. Three of the four uh, ending on last second field goals yeah. um, and, and an amazing comeback, obviously by Patrick Mahomes, you know, 13 seconds down the field and, and wins it there too. So uh, incredible. And, and obviously I don't think anyone would be expecting, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals after the season they had last year to be in this position. So it's incredible. And, uh, you know, can't wait to dive into the games either. Yeah, it was one of the most exciting football weeks, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people have seen in a long time, uh, you know, four great games. And uh, I think it's going to be a pretty exciting championship weekend, too, as well. And and we'll get into predictions, uh, you know, later in the show. We'll touch on a little bit uh, this past weekend because, you know, I know you're a big uh, 49er guy. The 49ers, once again, survive in advance. They they take they go into Lambeau and beat the Packers uh, on a game-winning field goal. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo still did not play well. I think that was going to be their kryptonite, uh, kryptonite going into the game, but they found a way uh, with, with a huge punt block touchdown and then, uh, you know, a kick uh, by Robbie Gould to end it. Uh, I know you were confident that the Titans would go out there and beat the Bengals. I was confident in Joe Burrow, and, and Joe Burrow went into Tennessee and, uh, you know, got a win on a last-second field goal as well. Um, and then, what, the Tampa Bay and, and, and the Rams, it looked like the Tampa Bay was dead out of water. They come back, uh, two big touchdowns in the fourth quarter to tie it. Uh, but uh, Matt Stafford makes a huge throw downfield to Cooper Cup with uh, about only like three seconds remaining, and they clock it with a you know another last last second field goal to give the Rams the win, and they'll be hosting the NFC Championship game this Sunday. And then and then the nightcap, I think the best game of the week, uh, Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen, just back and forth uh, down to the wire when the Bills thought they had it at the end. Uh, Patrick Mahomes once again pulls the you know rabbit out of the hat and uh, you know finds a way to get the Chiefs uh, back to the AFC title game. Uh, back to hosting the AFC title game, and it's setting up to be on Sunday. I believe the AFC title game's first. Uh, it's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals going on the road to take on the Kansas City Chiefs, and then as well as the NFC title game, it's going to be San Francisco 49ers going on the road to uh, L.A. to take on the Rams. It looks like it's going to be a heavy 49er fan, uh, you know, trying to invade um, – <clears throat> what's the stadium called? Is it Sci-Fi? SoFi. SoFi. Yeah, SoFi. I don't know why it's yeah. SoFi. SoFi Stadium in L.A. So it's going to be a pretty exciting championship weekend. But uh, before we hop on to that – uh, what do you think was the most surprising thing uh, this previous weekend for the divisional round? And uh, what are you most excited to see? Yeah, I mean, I got to – I told you I'd come on the show this week and, you know, accept if I was wrong. And, and yeah. the most surprising thing to me was, you know, how Joe Burrow and, and this team keeps struggling along. I mean, they're a young team, um, you know, the nine sacks allowed, and they still find a way to, to win the football game on the road against a tough Tennessee team. Um, and then just kind of the letdown from Ryan Tannehill's, you know, uh, part of things. Obviously, the interception to start the game out, which, um, yeah, I didn't even have the game turned on yet. And, and uh, you know, the Bengals were already turning back downfield. But really just the composure of, of Joe Burrow and, and this young Bengals team um, really surprised me. And, um, you know, I, I, I think they got some magic in the bag, but it's going to be pretty tough to get past 
uh, Mahomes and and that strong pass rush, you know, the Chiefs have as well. Um, you know, just with not as much of a potent offense on on the Titans side as the Chiefs had. So that was probably my biggest surprise. Um, but you know, the game that really caught my eye, just in the sense of how entertaining it was, and then you know, kind of the controversy at the end. And, and want to get your take on this is, you know, definitely the Chiefs and the Bills. I mean, that game was, um, yeah, I don't want to say it was it was low scoring in the beginning, but compared to the second half. And the final five Compared minutes, the final, t- was. final two minutes was like what twenty eight yeah. points between the two teams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you had the over in that game, you thought you were, <laughs> you know, you were dead, and then they turned it on there. But yeah. really, just you know, the, these two quarterbacks, I, I think, can be argued to be, you know, aside from Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, obviously after the season is going to tell a lot of things, um, you know, where they end up and if they end their careers. But these guys could be, possibly be talked about as the next two great quarterbacks, the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, you know, in my opinion, I mean, just the arm strength and the, uh, you know, running ability from, you know, obviously in, in Josh Allen and then, uh, you know, just the magical stuff that Patrick Mahomes does. So that game was unreal. But just in the overtime, I want to get your take on this, because I know a lot of people were complaining, um, you know, that this rule should be changed. My opinion before I pass it to you, I think, you know, I, I know this might sound you know a little crude or a little blunt, but you know, I think if if you want to win in this league, your defense has to be good enough, and you get the opportunity to stop the team on that possession, and you get the ball back, and you can drive down and score. So, uh, personally, I think it should stay that way, just because I think you should have to make a stop on defense, um, mm-hmm. and and I think the Chiefs are just that good and that high powered. It's just hard to stop them. So that's my take. I think the Chiefs I- won fair and square, and it's you know unfortunate to to Josh Allen and the Bills. Mm-hmm. It was. I I agree that it, a lot of people say they won on a coin toss. I disagree. I mean, they could have stopped and they could have held them to a field goal. And and it's not as simple as just if they want to lost a coin toss. Now, when they won the coin toss, I'm thinking the Chiefs are going to win this game because I just don't see the Bills stopping them. But that Absolutely. is. But but that's part of the overtime. That is what it is. Now, I would still change it, but I I disagree with the the coin toss. They lost because of the coin toss. They lost because their defense was just not good enough. And and the blow. Uh, a, a three point lead with 13 seconds left. They had to drive it. Like the, the reason, I don't know why they were sagging off that much. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, with 13 seconds left. I, I wouldn't be pressing, but I wouldn't be giving them about like 20 yards of space, uh, you know, playing prevent defense. Uh, you know, you know, like my one buddy says, prevent defense and prevents you from winning. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's a good. Yeah. It's a great term. And, and real quick, I don't mean to cut you off. I think they were rushing yeah. four there. Um, so like kind of modified yeah. prevent, you know, yeah, you normally want to rush three in that situation. Yeah. Rush, only rush three and keep the ends like to contain, make sure you don't get out of the pocket. But like, yeah, it's, it, I would, I would probably modify it to like college rules in the sense of maybe start it at the 30 yard line and then you can't kick an extra point. You have to go for two. So it, it cause I get the point of them wanting to, end like they don't want the overtime to go on forever because it's a physical game you don't want it to go on like for nhl for example you have like three or four or five periods of you know of hockey which can be a lot and football is a lot more physical in sport than hockey is even though hockey is a physical sport but it's just a lot to keep on going mm-hmm. after four quarters so i understand them trying to end the game as soon as they can uh but i would do yeah i would be like instead of starting at the 20 in college i'd start probably around like the 30 to 40 and then I'd be like, okay, if you get a touchdown, you have to go for two. If you make it, okay, then they have to get a touchdown, and they have to go for two and get it, uh, and then just keep going until then. Because at that point, then if your defense can't make stops, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like it's just yeah. all you need is like one stop, really. That's that's it. So that's something yeah, that I I do, and and I understand that you know people don't like the idea of not giving Josh Allen. Uh, you know, uh, an opportunity because he was he played. I thought he played better than Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say that because we're so expected. At this point, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes playing at the level he is, but Allen was unbelievable. 
And, yeah. uh, you know, you like to see him go out there and get another shot. But I, I agree with you. They didn't lose on a coin toss. They lost because the defense couldn't stop anything. Yeah, and, and that's what I was just going to say. I mean, the coin toss was, was one of the dumbest arguments, in my opinion, because, you know, he's on the 25, 13 seconds left. They give out, you know, they give up a quick 25, you know, yard gain to Tyreek Hill and then an inside seam route to, to Kelsey, and they get, you know, within 30 yards, um, you know, of the end zone. So, you know, I just want to get your take on that. I thought it was interesting. Um, yeah. and, and the two other games, I know we both were, were really high on the Rams. I was going to say, I was – because you said you were uh, wrong about the Bengals. I was wrong about the 49ers. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought that they were going to win. Taking it. There it is. Well, I, I wasn't wrong about the Jimmy G thing because he did still play mm-hmm. that good. But the Debo Samuel is unbelievable. George Kittle, obviously, is a great player. Their offensive line led by Trent Williams on the left side is great. And their defense is awesome, too. I love the, their front with Nick Bosa, Fred Warner. Uh, Ken yeah. Wall is a great linebacker. They got a lot of guys. Armstead. Armstead's a great player. A good guy. Yeah, they got a lot of guys that are defense can play. So that's a great, I mean, that's an unbelievable win, even though it's kind of like, like they got the punt block, which was huge, and they blocked a field goal. So it was one of those gutsy wins when that's kind of the win you have to do when you're on the road for, I believe it was the third time in a row they're on the road. Third time, uh, yep. Yeah, and it's going to be a fourth time now, which, you know, if they find a way to win, that's pretty remarkable. But if, if, if they find a, that's the type of win they have to get, you know, they have to get some special yeah. teams. You know, they took advantage of the pump block, like I said, or, not, or the field goal block and then the pump block for a touchdown. Uh, it, it was a pretty good performance. And like, and with Jimmy G thing, pretty interesting. Cause like, even though he's not that great, I put him right around the 20, 15 to 20 range as a quarterback, he finds a way to win. And that's, yeah. he, he's one went away from the second uh, Super Bowl in three years, which is really impressive. <laughs> and it's crazy you say that. Cause he's had, I think he hasn't thrown a touchdown in the previous three games either. So yeah, uh, it, it just really goes to show, honestly. I mean, I, I know the, the big talks about Jimmy G and, and, you know, when you get into these arguments, that's the, you know, that's the main thing or, or debates rather about, you know, the 49ers. And, um, you know, I, I've, I've had a, quite a couple because I am high on the 49ers and a lot of people don't think they are, but my real thing is, is just, you know, Kyle Shanahan, this guy is an offensive mind genius. Um, he really runs the team well and, you really saw how these guys responded. I mean, like you said, Warner, Bosa, guys like that. But, you know, that pump block, that special teams for the 49ers is, is pretty strong, in my opinion, as well. Um, and, and to go on to the road to Lambeau, especially a West Coast team where you primarily only play warm games, uh, to go into an environment like that and beat, you know, arguably one of the best quarterbacks of all time in, in Aaron Rodgers is pretty impressive. So I don't want to give too much away. I'm hyped yeah. for this next game. But, uh I, I, you know, I think the the train possibly keeps rolling here. The segue into the next for the games this week, I, I don't think the Bengals match well. And this may spoil my pick. The Bengals don't match up well. I think with the Chiefs, I think it will be high scoring just because, uh, you know, Joe Burrow has has been unbelievable in their offense has so many weapons on the outside. So they have the they have the offensive firepower, uh, you know, to to uh, beat the Kansas City Chiefs. But I feel like they're gonna have to outscore them because I just don't think their pass rush. It's good enough to get the back from Holmes and, and, and try and get some pressure on them like we saw in the last Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. But I think the Rams are good enough for that. And I actually think the 49ers are good for that, too. They both have good front sevens that can get to the quarterback and, and get a pass rush going. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't want to look too far after the Super Bowl, but I do think those are some good matchups. I think the Rams is a better matchup because the Chiefs. But it, it, those, that's the one thing I think we learned from Chiefs, who are obviously the heavy favorites going into this uh, you know, the final four teams of winning the Super Bowl, the pass rush and trying to get to Patrick Mahomes and make his, you know, life as hell as it possibly can is, is going to be the deciding factor. So, so we'll go into the first game. It's going to be the uh, AFC game, I believe it's at three o'clock. Uh, it's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe the Chiefs are seven point favorites. Uh, the last time I checked. Yeah. So that's a big number. 
for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, even though they, their offense has been unbelievable and we saw what they did against Buffalo, who's either one of the best defense in the NFL. Um, I still don't love the Kansas City defense. It's, you know, it's, it's I think, believe it's 27th ranked in the NFL. It's not real, it's one uh, near the bottom. Uh, not a lot of impact players. I know Tyron Matthew had a concussion. You probably will play this Sunday. I haven't looked at the status of him, but, you know, it's, it's basically just him and then Chandler Jones in the front. Uh, who's uh, I believe he's a pro bowler this year as well. It, those are the two standouts on that defense. But outside of that, I really think Joe Burrow has a real chance of, you know, of throwing for the 300 plus yards and three touchdowns. He's, he's been on the roll. And when you have guys like T Higgins and Jamar chase, um, you know, and Joe Mixon in the backfield for you uh, and, and Tyler Boyd too, you have so many guys, uh, so many weapons on that offense. But the only problem is that offensive line is a little scary. So I'll, I'll go Bengals plus seven for this game, but I still think the chiefs win. Uh, so I'll take the chiefs 37 uh, Bengals 31. Yeah. I mean, I, with, you know, all the offense points you made there with, with the Bengals and, you know, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T Higgins, all those weapons they have Tyler Boyd as well. Um, you know, I, I do agree. It's going to be high scoring. I think, you know, both of these teams are going to uh, really compete on the scoreboard. And obviously this sounds cliche, but you know, the, the team that scores more points is obviously going to get the win. But, you know, in saying that, it kind of wraps in with your point there. I think Joe Burrow is going to have to win this game for his team as, as he's yeah. done a lot. Um, you know, we saw when they matched up in, in the beginning of January, January the 2nd, they played, um, you know, they beat the Chiefs 31-41, 34-31, excuse me. Um, and, and for that, I just think this Chiefs team's too hot. I think this offense is just absolutely on a roll right now. Um, they found the rhythm and, and with nine sacks given up by the, the Bengals last week, um, you know, I think it's going to be a little tough to overcome that. And I think this Chiefs defense is going to get to them. So I'm going to take the Chiefs minus seven. Uh, and I think they're going to win 45-35 against the Bengals this week. Picking, it, it, up, picking against them again. So it's a big – I don't well, – the offensive line thing is a scary thing. We just saw how many times Burrow got hit. And that's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's something they got to fix in the offseason because we know going into it, a lot of people were surprised – uh, in the draft that they took Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell, who's uh, in Detroit, and they, they knew they needed some offensive line help. And, uh, and wide receiver wasn't really a need. They had T. Higgins. They already had Tyler Boyd. Uh, but they ended up going with Jamar Chase, even though he was an all-pro this year. Uh, the offensive line is still uh, a big issue. And, and if that's going to be uh, – if, if they lose it, that's going to be the reason that they could not probably protect Joe Burrow. Uh, but, I agree. You know, it's, it's, I think that's going to be a pretty exciting game. Like I said, I think it's going to be another shootout. Two young quarterbacks are really exciting. Uh, but listen, it'll be really cool to see the Bengals figure out a way to beat the Kansas City Chiefs and go to the Super Bowl. I think uh, a lot of people like Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow. He's one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. And uh, what he's been able to do with this Bengals franchise, which has been uh, one of the you know bottom tier franchises in the NFL, like Jets, Jaguars type of bottom, uh, and to turn them around and take them from a bad team last year and take them to the AFC Championship game this year is pretty remarkable. And he's definitely a franchise guy. I think he's a top five quarterback right now. Um, and I think that you know, it, it's, it's, I still think it's going to be a close game. I, I just have a feeling. I just don't think Kansas City's defense is good enough for it to be a blowout. Uh, but I still, I, like, I, I agree. I think the Chiefs find a way to win. I think, you know, Patrick Mahomes has just been unbelievable. Uh, he's the best quarterback in football and, and they'll find a way to win. So uh, we'll go to the next. Oh, do you have something to say about that game? Or are you good? No, I, uh, I totally agree with it. All right, we'll go to the second game. It's going to be the uh, nightcaps, could be the San Francisco 49ers going on the road uh, to LA to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams, I believe they're three and a half point favorites. Yep, Must have been checked. Um, three and a half. Yeah, three and a half point favorites. So the Rams, uh, you know, with Matt Stafford, 
who won his first playoff game against the Cardinals, won his second this past weekend against the uh, Buccaneers. He's, uh, you know, finally had his playoff moment after, you know, getting traded from Detroit and, uh, you know, being surrounded by probably the most talented team he's been around in his whole career. Uh, a big win. It looked like they may blow it at the end against Tampa Bay, but they found a way to win. And then, and then the Niners who have won uh, three road games in a row, three big road games in a row uh, and found a way to get into the NFC championship game. Um, you know, I th- the, the lines telling me to pick the Rams, I just think, cause it's so hard to win four uh, in a row on the road against four teams. But I believe the Niners have won the last six games against the Rams. If I'm not mistaken, Kyle Shanahan has really owed the Rams uh, and it's going to be a lot of 49er fans in LA. So it's, it's not going to be that type of going the Lambo uh, packed the green Bay Packers fans. So I'm going to take the 49ers. Was it plus three and a half? Uh, I think they keep it close, uh, but I think the Rams end up winning this. I think they're going to win uh 31 30. Uh, actually not. That's probably a little too high. I'll go 24 21. I think uh, the Rams win. Or Yeah. I'll go 24 21. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you. I think, you know, this is a, a really, really, really close matchup. And, you know, with last week, actually, I, I you know, I'm correct myself. I believe in the beginning of the show, I said three of the four games were decided on field goals. I think all four games uh, were decided on field goals last week. So, um, yeah. you know, with that, with the three and a half line, I mean, I think it's just screaming to take the 49ers. But like I said last week, Connor, I love this team. You know, I'll take the points all day and, and I'm going to take this team straight up. Um, you know, I just think they're I think they're ready this year. I think this defense is just that good. Um, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. Uh, you know, I know Stafford is is known for definitely getting the ball downfield and, and Cooper Cup, obviously, being that main target. But, um, you know, I think the 49ers catch catch uh, Stafford a few mistakes this week. I think he's going to turn the ball over. And uh, essentially, I think that's what's going to lead you know to their downfall. So. Um, you know, going 49ers here, and just to your point about Kyle Shanahan, you know, owning this team, obviously going in on week 17, uh, winning 27 to 24 in overtime to bring this team into the playoffs, but also back, um, you know, in the beginning of the season, the 49ers also beat the Rams 31 10. So, um, again, for that reason, and, and for last week with all the field goals, um, you know, how the game ended the three and a half, I think it's just too, um, you know, nice not to take. And I know Debo Samuel, uh, got hurt last week. He's definitely going to be looked at, but uh, I believe in, you know, a game of this magnitude and what's on the line, uh, you know, if he can go, he, he definitely will go. And obviously when he's in the game, a lot of magic happens. So definitely a big guy to watch here, but uh, I think we're going to get a rematch, uh, you know, of, of a few years ago, 49. Ride, ride with the, the Niners, man. You're just going to ride and die with them. I actually respect it. I do. <laughs> They're, listen, they find a way to win and it, it, they've had, you know, Debo's been unbelievable, but, uh, their running game has been fantastic, and they're going to need their yeah. running game to work. The only thing is concerning is how that front, um, you know, that front seven is going to look. You have Von Miller, Aaron Donald, um, Floyd off, off the edge too as well. It's it's a tough task and a tough matchup, but if they find a way to, to at least stabilize that. They definitely have a real shot. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think it's just – I think it's like we were going to see last week, and I didn't give up. A final score either. Uh, I'm going to go final score 21-17 uh, 49ers. I think they're going to find a way to put some points up here. I think Jimmy G finally uh, breaks the ice here in, in this playoff, and I think he throws it gets one touchdown. Yep. <laughs> All right, we'll see what happens. I mean, that's it's going to be exciting, man. I'm, I'm pretty pumped for this weekend. Um, any Anything you want to wrap up on uh, going into this weekend or anything you're looking for uh, for these two games? 
Yeah, I mean, if you had to make a Super Bowl pick right now, who would you who would you take out of these Final Four teams? Well, the obvious one is the Chiefs. I believe they're the heavy favorite. I haven't looked at Vegas as odds. I'll, I mean, I'll take the Chiefs probably right now. Um, but I think the Rams have a shot, man. I really do. I just think they have so much talent uh, around, you know, on, you know, like on offense and defense. And I think Stafford's kind of put it together. And, um, you know, I think they're probably the best team to probably have the chance to have taken down. Uh, the Chiefs. So I, I guess the odds on favor is probably Chiefs Rams, you know, in the uh, in the Super Bowl, which I think will be a really exciting Super Bowl. I think that uh, the Rams actually match up pretty well um, against the Chiefs. You have a guy like Jalen Ramsey, who's one, probably the best corner in football. Aaron Donald is probably the best lineman in football, or best player in football. Uh, and and the Von Miller off the edge. And then you have, um, you know, on the offense, you have Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, who's really found a nice role. Uh, Cam Akers is back, even though he struggled with fumbles against Tampa Bay. He's back and he's putting up pretty good yards. Um, you know, they, they have a pretty talented team. I think that they have the talent to match up with Kansas City. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I would, I mean, I have to look at Rams are probably number two. I have to guess with odds. I would so I probably, so. I'd throw, I'd probably throw like 15 bucks on them to see. I don't know what it's probably plus like 350 or plus 400. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd probably throw some money on Rams, see if they can get there and, and win. But you, you yeah. never know. It's, it's not easy to be – I don't think it's be easy to be four niners. It's not, it's yeah, not I don't easy. think so either. And, and, you know, for me, I I sincerely believe it's going to be a 49ers-Chiefs rematch here. But the biggest thing with me and, and the 49ers, you know, if that does happen, I just have, you know, a problem with how high-powered this this Chiefs offense is and, and how they can move down the field so well. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, maybe a drive or two of that could, could be, you know, the, the thing that breaks the 49ers' backs just because they've displayed they can't really put – a ton of points off this postseason. They've really played a, a conservative game on the ground. Um, so for that reason, you know, I feel like if it was a matchup for that, it just wouldn't be the best offensive matchup. But, you know, who knows? Jimmy G could turn it up. Uh, this team could could find, you know, an offensive juggernaut somewhere in the, you know, schemes and plays of Shanahan. But, you know, if I had to go, and it's not really a sexy pick, but if I had to pick someone, obviously, uh, right now I'd go with the Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs are definitely the odds-on favorite. Anything we'll touch on with the Eagles? I know it's been a little bit, um, you know, Brandon Brooks retired uh, this past week, which, um, you know, obviously he played a huge role in the Super Bowl for Eagles. I believe he was all-pro for the Eagles. Uh, I believe maybe in 2017 he was all-pro. But he's he's one of the best, you know, guards the Eagles ever had. And, uh, you know, it was kind of expected at this point that he may – he was definitely done with the Eagles. But, uh, you know, a little surprising he ended up, you know, retiring. But not too surprising. He has battle injuries the past couple of years that has kept him off the field. Um, you know, that, that is, uh, you know, the, the good thing is the Eagles have really set themselves up well at guard moving forward. They drafted Leonard Dickinson, who is, uh, who's going to be put in that left guard spot. I think next year, they still have Isaac Samalo, they still have Herbig, they still have Driscoll. So they have a lot of guys at a guard spot, uh, who could fill in for them. And, and I don't think they'll miss a beat. I mean, they won't be as talented as Brandon Brooks was when he was on the field, but they definitely have, uh, they still have the guys with Jeff Stoutland running the show in the offensive line room that, uh, I, I'm not worried about it, but it is, uh, no, it is, it is still a sad to see him end because he was a great player for uh, the Eagles football team. Yeah, I mean, you know, everything that you said to echo, but, a, you know, integral part of that Super Bowl team. Um, and, you know, the, the 10 seasons, I believe he was here for, um, you know, with the Eagles. So um, definitely, you know, a, a big player when he was here, um, you know, obviously. And, and unfortunately, this year went out pretty early. So this team um, at least got to adapt. Dickerson got in there pretty early and acclimated. Um, you know, with this line and got about a full year under his, his belt and, and obviously a, 
uh, playoff game too. So, um, you know, the one big thing from, I didn't watch the full press conference, but I did hear a little bit of it uh, on WIP. And it's, it's just really how much respect these guys have for, you know, the offensive line coach, Jeff Stoutland. And, you know, you hear Kelsey kind of say it and, and obviously Brooks and his speech um, or, or press conference about, uh, you know, leaving the Eagles, but, you know, that's a good thing to, to hear. Um, and, you know, with these younger guys, if you will, the next generation uh, really coming through for this offensive line, which is, really outside of the quarterback position, the, the biggest area highlighted, I feel like, you know, as a, a, the Eagles organization, um, you know, it's just good to see. And then obviously Dickerson did a great job filling in this year. Um, and I'm really excited to see what, you know, some of these other guys can do, um, you know, with, with Kelsey possibly retiring, if not this year, most likely next year. So, um, you know, unfortunate for Brooks, but I think this team's moving, like you said, definitely in the right direction on that front of the offensive line. Yeah, we'll we'll take a discuss. We'll discuss uh, probably the next couple of you know a couple of weeks. You know, probably definitely after the NFL season ends, of uh, where the Eagles stand going into the all season and this big draft coming up and the big all season coming up. You know, they're rumored uh, a couple of names come up. You know, today DJ Chark was a name that came up with Jeremy Fowler tweeted out today that they'll be interested in. Uh, Calvin Ridley is another guy they're interested in. So it looks like they're interested in getting some type of veteran wide receiver in. Uh, you know, with Quez Watkins and Devontae Smith. Uh, with a young wide receiver group, um, you know, we'll see if they use those picks in a draft or they part of those uh, three first round selections into a quarterback. Well, that's going to be, uh, you know, a really debated topic going into the offseason, but it really is setting up itself to be a pretty exciting offseason to be that. So we'll move into the Sixers. Uh, the Sixers played last night uh, and played the Los Angeles Lakers without LeBron James, but they ended up um, beating the Los Angeles Lakers. I didn't see what the score was. I actually didn't watch it, but I believe the Sixers right now, uh, I don't know if they're on a winning streak, but right now they're currently seated at the fifth spot at 29 and 19. They're only two games out of the first in, in the uh, in the East. But the thing is, Daryl Morey and the Benson situation, um, uh, it was, it's not, it doesn't look like anything's coming to fruition right now. And it looks like the Kings, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, has not pulled out of the Ben Simmons sweet stakes due to the uh, asking price being too high. And the Kings think they will not meet that asking price. Um, so it, it looks like right now, uh, with the current scenario going on, it looks like the, the Sixers may keep Ben Simmons after trade deadline and try and figure out that situation in the offseason coming up. But a lot of Sixers fans are upset due to Joel Embiid having an MVP type of season once again, uh, being in the prime of his career. And this could really be the year uh, with the East kind of wide open right now that they could uh, go out and win the Eastern Conference and then uh, you know try and compete for an NBA title. But due to just not having another asset along with Joel Embiid, they've kind of ended them. So what do you think about the whole situation right now? What do you think about the Sixers roster right now? And do you think anything's going to be done before the trade outline? Or do you think this is what they're going to be rolling with for the rest of the year? Yeah, I mean, first, I, I want to talk about the team because they're doing, obviously, spectacular. As you alluded to, Embiid's doing great. You know, I hate giving this this guy really any attention, uh, really, you know, talking about But we, but we have so, to. We I know, have we to. have to. And he, and he just keeps, you know, keeps making it harder for for this franchise to move forward and, and pursue a championship. But, you know, this team's 7-3 and three in the last 10 games. There are three losses coming against um the Hornets the Wizards and and uh you know that late breakdown last Friday against the Clippers but you know outside of that this team's really looked good I mean obviously Embiid at the forefront of that but um you know the guys coming back you know Kerry Green um you got Maxie out there who's really developing I think he's getting a lot of opportunity this year and I think he's doing great with it um and then how can you not mention the the defense from Matisse Thibel he's looking fantastic 
uh, had some big plays last night on the defensive end as well as the offensive end. So I think this team's really clicking. I think they're above where, where everyone kind of projected them, obviously, you know, with Ben Simmons, um, you know, not coming to the roster. Uh, but I also realize this is the regular season. Um, you know, the, the regular season doesn't matter too much in the NBA, but I think they're right about, you know, yeah, probably a little below where they'd be if they did have Simmons, but uh, overall, I think the team's doing well. But you know, moving over to the Simmons topic, um, you know, I think Daryl Morey has to has to make a trade. But I also think he's you know a little wary about you know what his return is, and I think that's what makes this so hard. Um, I, I think if he takes a trade that he may regret later, or you know, get backlash from, I think that's his biggest thing. So uh, I understand it's you know probably hard for him to make a decision, but. You know, I think a decision has to be made in terms of the team. Uh, that's also what makes it hard. I mean, you look at at the return you could possibly get from the Kings. It would probably be, you know, uh, the Aaron Fox and, and a first, you know, first round pick and a second round pick. Uh, so I think that's also hard to grapple with because, you know, the Aaron Fox is, is a nice player and all. Uh, he's speedy. I think he has good vision. But, you know, there's a lot of questions about his shot, what he can bring. Um, and I feel like it's kind of hard to, to really bring in an elite player at this time. You know, Beal's not going to be on the move. Lillard's, I think, is hurt at this time. Um, so I think he's in a tough situation. So, you know, for that, I think they're going to hold on to him, move to the end of the season, uh, you know, ride this out. I don't think that's what a lot of people want to hear. But I think at this time, it, it may be the best case, uh, especially with how this team is playing right now. Well, another reason why it could happen is is the reason James Harden talks as well. Um, and, and there's a report that came out from, I believe it's NBA Central on Twitter. They said a report that says NBA Twitter, NBA Twitter, NBA teams are prepared to ask the league to look into a possible collusion uh, between James Harden and Philadelphia 76ers. So I don't know what the collusion means in that in that uh, tweet or that story. I didn't have a chance to read it. But, I mean, I know Michael Rubin is pretty close uh, with James Harden, and he is uh, – you know, he's, um, I believe, was he a minority owner or something like that? I don't know if he's a I majority he is, owner. I, I think he owns uh, Fanatics as well, so he's he, pretty high up there. Yeah, so you don't you don't really know um, of, of where, you know, this could possibly go. And then what because the collusion thing is weird because I feel like people in the NBA collude all the time. Like you look at guys like, you know, like O'Brien or whatever, clutch sports, they do stuff and – where they get like you know they could find them with like a second round pick, so I, I'd imagine like this nothing will come of it. Um, but you know we'll see something. You know it's it, it looks like you know Derek Moore obviously has a history with James Harden in Houston, and and he has some of his best years and won MVP in Houston. And uh, it wouldn't make sense teaming up James Harden with Joel Embiid. I know James Harden's like thirty three right now. Um, but when you look at uh, you know, the current situation, it looks like they're not going to probably get him out of Brooklyn after wait. So I don't mind waiting on the Ben Simmons front if you can try and get net, get James Harden, you know, in the offseason. But uh, I wouldn't train Ben Simmons for nothing just because, yeah, it, it, you're kind of ruining his prime right now. But if you trade Ben Simmons for nothing, then you're kind of ruining his prime just in general. And, and you will never get it back an asset that will be good enough to team up with Joel Embiid and try and win an NBA title. So that's, it's a shame this whole situation has come to this, but um, you know, at, at this point, I think, you know, it's pretty obvious that the front office will like a guy like James Harden. Um, he's probably not happy in Brooklyn right now with, with everything going on there. Uh, it's a lot of um, the big personalities in one locker room and they, maybe he could find a way to get to Philadelphia next year, maybe in a sign and trade or something like that. But uh, it's definitely a player that I would think would have uh, will work really well with uh, with Joel Embiid. 
Yeah, I mean, again, I would like to see him here. Um, you know, I just feel like at this time, it's just not really going to be possible to bring an all-star, you know, guy like like a Harden here. I mean, obviously, they could find a way at at some point in the season, but um, you know, I feel like that that's more occurring in the off season uh, if that did happen. But it, you know, it, I totally agree with you in the sense of kind of ruining his prime at this at this moment if you hold on to him. Um, you know, let him sit out for the remainder of the season uh, and, and kind of take care of it in the offseason. So, you know, personally for me, I, I would be fine with them, I guess, waiting till the offseason and possibly get the best deal they can uh, that may not be available right now. Um, but, you know, if something does come up like a Harden, uh, you know, definitely would not pass a talent up like that uh, to pair with Embiid, who, you know, I, I know a lot of Sixers fans, this is a, a question on their mind or something you know, that everyone wonders, but probably two to three years, if you're lucky, um, you know, with, with MB's prior health history and stuff like that left in his prime. So uh, I'm excited to see where this season goes. <laughs> Ironically, they play the Kings tomorrow night. Um, so that should be an interesting game. And uh, I think this train is going to keep rolling along, at least for the regular season. Obviously, when the playoffs come up, it's, you know, complete different story. So we'll go from there. Yeah, we'll go from there. Uh, anything you want to touch on on – you know, we'll, we'll, we haven't touched a lot of baseball until since the, uh, I think the Philly season ended, but it looks like hopefully the strike is, uh, you know, coming to a close soon. I know there's still negotiations between the league and the, that will be union, but, or the players union. But at this point, it looks like it's closer than it was about a couple of weeks ago. Um, with the Phillies coming up, you know, they, they, they signed one free agent, I believe it was in the bullpen, but they really haven't made, I know they're in on gosh, Warber before the, 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 uh, the league closed, but, uh, you know, they bring in a couple big, like, let's say they bring in two pieces. How optimistic are you going into the season? The Phillies have, you know, some sort of shot of uh, competing in the NL East along with the Braves who are defending champions. Um, I'm not I mean, optimistic I always, either. <laughs> I always, I always love this team, man, but it's just been, it's been a lot of the same. I mean, the, the start of the season isn't my biggest worry and obviously not the main worry of, of Phillies fans. It's really how they're going to end the season and, and what they do, um, you know, in the middle of the season to, to propel them to the finish line. Uh, if you bring in two big league ball players, I mean, obviously I think it's going to improve their, ch- their chances. Um, it just really depends, you know, what position. And, and I think a fielder, you know, a good hitting fielder, especially like Kyle Schwarber, who really seemed to find this game when he went to, to Boston last year. Um, you know, I think he could make a big impact on this team. And, and I think he could, um, you know, motivate guys like, like Reese Hoskins to, you know, to rise up to, to his potential and, um, you know, some other guys on that team, maybe some younger guys. So, uh, you know, I would like to see a guy like Schwarber. I would like to see a, another bat in the lineup we could rely on other than Bryce Harper. But um, in the terms of optimism, I think it's, it's a little too early right now. I don't want to get, um, you know, too heartbroken too early with this team, but uh, you know, there's always a shot. It's really the, the end of the season sort of thing. They got to figure out. Now that's the thing. And, uh, you know, there's still a lot to happen between, you know, getting negotiations back on track with the league and then getting back in the swing of things for the league. And then the Phillies trying to go out and try and improve their roster. They still need some pitching. They still need some hitting. So, you know, it's still a disappointing year last year, but I think whenever the spring comes around, you know, the, the weather comes, gets a little warm and the Phillies are back in, in town, you know, I'm probably, I'll probably be there first weekend. I'd like to see a game, whether it's the opening day or, uh, one of the games on a weekend, but you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, I'm still excited to see Phillies baseball back and hopefully they can make something of it this year. And uh, you know, it, hopefully build off of it. Cause Bryce Harper was, you know, unbelievable last year. And, you know, they can get some surrounding pieces around them. I still think they have a shot of uh, pushing for a wild card spot, but it is, it is tough being in the division 
uh, you know, with the Atlanta Braves, who's one of the well-run organizations in the MLB. So definitely one of the most well-run and, and even more scary of, you know, proving they can win without, uh, you know, their the, best player, the best hitters and, and Ronald Acuna Jr. As well as uh, I don't know the status, but, you know, I want to Ozuna as well. So they have some yeah. pieces that haven't even participated, uh, you know, in that World Series run. And, and they made it look, I don't want to say easy, but they definitely looked like uh, one of the favorites there. Um, so, you know, with these guys returning, the, the Phillies are definitely going to have to make some moves with with what they have and, and really improve this roster to uh, an area where they can, you know, establish a, a good, um, you know, source of play for the entire season, not just the first, you know, three months and then kind of slow out from there. So we'll definitely dive deep more into it, but uh, more so looking forward to, obviously, big draft guys here. So more so looking forward to that. We'll definitely do, uh, yeah, we'll definitely do a live draft like we did last year. Did we do that last year? I think we did. We did two years ago. We yeah. did two years ago. Okay, well, we, yeah, we'll definitely do something for it. I mean, it's, it's going to be big this year, too, with three first-round picks uh, currently right now. So it's going to be a, a huge draft for the future of the Eagles uh, to make, you know, a lot of uh, huge additions, hopefully on the offense and defense or all around the roster, try and make something happen uh, for 2022. But uh, we're going to end it here. Uh, we apologize, everybody, for no live show tomorrow due to the snow, but we hope everybody stays safe and uh, we'll be back following next Saturday. So alongside Mark Rogers, I'm Connor Gabe. We'll see you guys next week.